Hello, I'm Christian, and welcome to the Jamar International Podcast, where we talk about effective collaboration, influence, and leadership in an increasingly complex world. My interview partner is Dr. Dirk Schlimm. Dirk is an international leadership expert and the author of Influencing Powerful People. The purpose of this podcast is to share ideas and stimulate discussion, and it does not constitute professional advice of any kind. If such advice is needed, the services of a competent professional should be sought. The speakers, hosts, and Gemmar International Incorporated are not to be held responsible for any use, misuse, or reuse of the content. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. I hope that our listeners are enjoying a bit of a break over the summer. We know that many of you are taking a well-deserved vacation, and so we picked the vacation-related story as the jump-off point for today's episode. This involves the popular home sharing and rental company called Airbnb. Chances are that if you're listening to this, you might have used an Airbnb at one time or another, or at least you've heard of it. It's an online platform that connects people who want to rent out their homes with people who are looking for a short-term accommodation. And vacations are obviously a big part of that. Dirk, why is Airbnb in the news this summer? Well, Airbnb is often in the news because it's such a popular company and it's also uh, publicly traded. So, so it's in the business use. Uh, and that means that you and I can uh, buy and hold shares in uh, uh, Airbnb. Of course, we are not giving investment advice here on the, on the show, but, but actually there are people who like to invest in companies that they understand or uh, even using the products uh, themselves. And as you alluded to in the, uh, in the intro, intro uh, July through September is actually Airbnb's busiest season. Summer vacations are definitely big business uh, for them. But the the news item that caught my attention for our podcast episode today is the fact that as of August, so this month of this year, or or more specifically, uh, July 30th, Airbnb no longer offers uh, vacation rentals in China. So it's no longer possible to book a summer vacation or any vacation in China using Airbnb. Okay, Dirk, that's very interesting. And I think my question is, what happened there? Did people in China no longer want to rent their homes online? Is it something cultural happening? Or perhaps is this from Airbnb side? Does China not have good places they want to put their stamp on and offer there? What's what's happening? No, home vacation rentals via an online platform actually are a big business in China as much as much as they're here. But but as an American company, Airbnb just couldn't make a go of it in China, even though even though they tried hard. Okay, Dirk, why couldn't they make it work? Well, for a number of reasons. Uh, for, first of all, there actually is very strong competition uh, in China. A- Airbnb, at its core, is a technology platform, and China is has not only emerged as a, a global technology leader; this is also in a technology race with the with the United States. And and when it comes to travel booking, they have what are called super apps that 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 offer food, travel services, and and home rentals. Oh, okay, Dirk, that's very interesting. I've never heard of this. And just imagining it now, it might be like if we had an app that had Uber, DoorDash and Airbnb all rolled into one. Is that right? Yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. And hmm. so these super apps can leverage more services, which makes it less expensive for them to attract customers because I can't attend, uh, attract that one customers to, to, multiple, to multiple services. 
Okay, Derek, that makes a lot of sense. I can understand the competition there, but what are the other reasons you mentioned? Yeah, the next thing that makes it or made life difficult for, for uh, Airbnb, and I suppose any uh, vacation rental app in, in China, is that the government has imposed and continues to impose harsh lockdown, lockdowns. And this is in pursuit of a strict zero COVID strategy. And so this has made it, made it much more difficult to uh, operate a travel-dependent uh, business. And, and then finally, there uh, seem to have been concerns over how the government uh, regulates uh, and controls technology uh, platforms and, and data. And, and this we, we, we get that's reported by uh, the Wall Street Journal, where, where I read about the story as well in, in other business media. And, and again, Airbnb is from a customer perspective, a vacation rental company, but really it is of course a technology company. And so they collect a lot of data, uh, where do people stay and where do they come from and what are their preferences and, and so on. So, so a lot of personal data is involved. And again, according to the report in the Wall Street uh, Journal, Chinese data regulations uh, contributed to Airbnb's decision to no longer offer Chinese uh, uh, properties. And we have, we have some of those stories in the show notes below. Sounds good, Dirk. Thank you for that. And I encourage people, please check out the, the show notes below to get an idea, a deeper idea of what's going on here. But already, Dirk, between COVID lockdowns and data regulations, these sound like formidable hurdles indeed. And what I'm getting a sense of here is that this is really a confluence of factors versus just one thing holding back Airbnb. So thinking about all this, the question we have, I think, is what are we to learn from this situation? Yeah, I, I think that the key lesson here is that the market and if, if the market and the broader conditions are against you, it is it can be hard and it can be uh, impossible to succeed, even if you have an otherwise successful business as as such. And so this could be that a certain market is difficult to begin with, or again, it turns uh, against you over time, like it seemed to have done 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 here. And, and then it is important that we see the writing on the wall, so to speak. Um, you don't want to throw good money after bad. Mm. Okay, Dirk, I understand that in business, things can get tough. And that's a reality. I think that speaks to a lot of life. And lots of things are a struggle. And it often takes struggle for good things to happen. So as I'm processing all this and speaking as a historian, I could tell you, Dirk, that a lot of changes and reforms for the better, frankly, would not have happened had good people not persevered and sometimes had a great cost. So thinking about that, would you encourage business people to quit if things are tough? Why not persevere through just looking at history? Yeah, uh, Christian, you're absolutely right. Perseverance is a, a good and I would say even essential character trait. And is, it is needed in, in business as much as it's needed anywhere anywhere else. And you will hear from, from any uh, successful entrepreneur a story about how they made it through uh, a difficult time and how that made them uh, more resilient and made their company more more resilient and and so yeah we want we want to state here that perseverance is 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 a strength and I don't think any of us would want to work or be working for a, a leader or a company uh, that quits at the first sign of of trouble and in any jobs that come times where we as managers and professionals have to just hang in there and persevere so so that's that's indeed a very uh, important observation. 
Thanks, Dirk. I'm glad to hear that. But it sounds like there's a but at the end of your statement there. <laughs> Absolutely, there is a is a but, and and there is a but because there's a risk uh, that we overdo it and we don't see. And again, to use that term, when the when the writing is on the wall, uh, so to speak, we we keep banging potentially our head against that wall. That there comes a time when it just doesn't make sense to keep uh, pushing ahead, and and in fact, pushing ahead can start to hurt us. So so the idea is don't double down on things that don't make sense or that that don't make sense anymore. Right, Dirk. And thinking about some of our previous conversations, I think this is a situation that we would look at if you're doubling down on things that doesn't make sense, where we would say that's when we start throwing money after the bad. Yeah, that's that that that's right. And and I think it's important here that on top of it, you may miss an opportunity to adjust while while we still still can. So say you have a a business division that's no longer competitive because of a technological technological change or change in consumer preferences or something like that, and and you can see this uh, that you start if you see this early, you can you can divert resources to another area in the business where prospects are better and where they're more in sync with what the uh, market wants. And you can maybe sell that division that's no longer doing well. You can sell that, uh, but it still have uh, good results to, to somebody where it's a better fit to, for their uh, business. And, and so if we, however, are locked into that mindset of perseverance at all costs, we may miss that, we may miss that opportunity. Okay, Dirk, thanks for laying that out. And I see your point here. But as we say all the time, this show is about getting practical. So we got a principle and an idea here. How can we turn this into action? What do we do with this information you just shared? Yeah, I think the first thing that we must understand uh, here is that this is not just a matter alone of markets and business goals and strategy and so forth, but it's it's a matter of the right mindset. Mm -hmm. And despite what anyone may, may tell you, business is not just about business. Uh, business is also uh, personal. And, and there, um, there are these ideas around where some of us may associate giving, associate giving up on a project or a goal with, with failure. We say things like winners don't quit or never ever uh, uh, give up, but but in business that just doesn't make sense, and it can limit us, and it can even, can even hurt us. And and Dr. Henry uh, Cloud puts this uh, very well in his book, Necessary Endings, and he says we must not believe that quitting a particular business goal or project is necessarily uh, a failure if it has run its course, which some and in fact many things eventually do. It is better to quit and to focus on or even start fresh with something something else. And, and that is smart business and it doesn't make us a, in quotation marks, quitter. Okay, Dirk, that is fascinating. And I will say based on the title of that book, Necessary Endings, that sounds like something people should pick up and maybe it's a good summer read with the, the last bit of the, the summer season going on here. So what we'll do is again, in the show notes down below, please, we'll have a link to that book, check it out. but. The question I think we have now is thinking about what you said, Dirk, is we have all this information, but how do we know? How do we know when it's time to persevere or when it's time to quit? That's the big question. And Dirk, I'm counting on you right now. How do we discern that persevere versus quit situation? 
Yeah, yeah, Christian, and that, that's the question uh, in, indeed. And the first thing would be to really look at the market signals or circumstances that are working, working against us. And, and sometimes they're maybe just an obstacle uh, to be overcome and to persevere. And uh, so if I just reference the Airbnb case against you, it was to be expected that, that taking a business to China uh, would be tough. You have language uh, barriers, you have a different cultures, you have local companies who are in tune with all of this uh, and, and, and so on. And so, so you have all the challenges that come with entering uh, a foreign market. And so you expect that perseverance is required. And, and I'm sure the Airbnb people expected that. But, but then you must look Look at what the market is really telling you and and in this case it was also a matter of uh, competitive positioning uh, the local policy approach to COVID, and the bigger trend of tech and data regulation in china and so when you're working through this you must uh, sure you ask uh, the right question it's not just a, a general question is is china a good place to do business but is it a good place to to do business for your company right now and so you need to be rigorous and precise in your thinking and you really need to look at the detail mm, okay dirk so i'm getting a few things there there's a matter of being fully prepared thorough and very specific it sounds like when answering uh, an equation uh, like this so i think i understand what's going on here and frankly a little plug here it sounds like all of this would uh, perhaps be a good place where you want to have some brainstorming when you go into a new market, but we'll leave that for a previous episode. What else do we have to think about here, Dirk? Yeah, if, 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 you, if you have decided that you want to work through the obstacles or setbacks because you think they're temporary and they can be overcome, you must have some objective indication of, of progress, something that tells you objectively that things are starting to turn around. And the key word here is, and let me say it for, for the third time, objectively set up those measurements and manage against them and then assess, are you making headway? Right, that makes a lot of sense. And I think people like the idea of being objective, but Dirk, the reality is it's sometimes hard to do, especially for optimists. And many leaders, I think, and again, thinking as a historian, Many leaders are optimists. They're not afraid of risks. And again, they're willing to, their willingness to take risks is often seen as a good quality. We could think of the great entrepreneurs, the great military leaders, the great politicians of history. So how do you respond to that, that this willingness to take risks is actually a good thing here? <laughs> Yet it is, and and this is probably where where the the final point uh, comes comes in. Um, it it is good to have and get input from people you can trust and who want what's best for your uh, business because for them because they may not be that optimistic uh, uh, risk taking character. Uh, for them, the the writing on the wall is just easier. It's just easier to see. Right. So we need someone to look and see our blind spots, Dirk, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's wisdom that applies to much of life. So our question here, thinking about business, perhaps, and our different management situations, who would be the ideal people to be those people who can see and look into our situations and speak objectively? 
yeah. So, so if you are an entrepreneur or a CEO, that would obviously be uh, be your board. And 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 again, you you want to make sure that you have people there whose judgment uh, you trust. They understand your business. They have experience. They are willing to get into the the details of the uh, decision. And and again, this last point is is so important. You don't want people who come with a general opinion. So in this case, somebody who has a general opinion on whether or not the Chinese market is is good uh, or is uh, uh, insurmountable, that's not uh, uh, sufficient. It, the question again is, is it a good market for your company at this time and in the future to come? That's the question. And that's the question you have to have people who are willing to engage on. Now, in, in addition, uh, this mm -hmm. could be uh, uh, an external advisor, again, somebody who, who doesn't have a vested uh, interest other than your uh, success, depending on where you are in a company, this could be a colleague and, and uh, just somebody say, hey, what do you think about this? Somebody who's willing to, to listen and think it through with you. It could be a mentor who wants to see you uh, succeed, or it could be a family member or, or a friend. Again, the point is we need input from others who help us think think this through properly and look at things clearly yes optimistically uh, but without wishful thinking and and then we can have a, a hard discussion about uh, reality are we seeing progress uh, do we reasonably uh, expect further perseverance will uh, get us there or again is the writing indeed on the wall and we should start adjusting while we still can and have some good options Dirk, that's great advice. And thinking of my own life, I could see that playing out in my PhD program where schools typically emphasize having a strong committee, but also a diverse committee, recognizing you need people with different backgrounds and expertises to look at your research. Perhaps they're not the perhaps they're not direct experts, but they have an understanding of the general things, but they're able to speak specifically to the realistic nature of your project, the realities of research, and other things that you and your wishful thinking and myself and my optimism might be uh, hard to catch on to. But Dirk, that's great. And that speaks, I think, to the entrepreneur, to the CEO, to the manager, or wherever we might be. And as we reflect on this, Dirk, I think this is a good time just to stop for a moment and to summarize everything we discussed. And I'll put in my own wor words, Dirk, and you let me know if I covered everything. I've made some notes here. So first of all, I think what comes to mind thinking about everything is that perseverance is a good and essential quality in business as it is in the rest of life. Sometimes there could be a dry spell when you have to keep working that pump until you get water, but true and lasting success will never come easy. But other times, and I think this is critical and we've talked about it at length, is that the writing is indeed on the wall and a venture has run its course and we must be able to move on. A wrong mindset of not wanting to be a quitter, again, quote unquote quitter, can hurt us here. We have to be willing to embrace that necessary ending to use the book title. The second big thing is that discerning the right course of action requires a look at the facts in full context and a willingness to put in place some hard measures and accountability. We can't keep putting things off indefinitely. That's, that's key. And a third point that I have written here is that a good advisor, a friend, a mentor, or someone else that we could trust uh, must be there to help us and look into the situation objectively. We need someone to ask the hard questions and to help us to come to the right conclusion. They don't need to decide things for us, 
but they will not let us get away with wishful thinking or staying in a bad situation indefinitely. I think that even if you don't have such a decision in front of you right now, this is my own reflection. It is good to reflect on times in your career when it was either a time to persevere or a time to let go. See, I'm a historian at heart, always looking backward, but I think there's a value in that and a value in looking at those times and reflecting on the decision that you made in those moments. Did you give up too early? Did you hang on too long? And why was that? Reflecting on the past really helps us be better equipped to deal with these issues in the future. So Dirk, did I cover everything there? What do you think of that? Christian, I think that's a, that's a great summary. I really appreciate that. And you, 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 you boiled it down to the three, three critical points. And so, yeah, I really, really uh, love your summary here. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for that. Wonder, wonderful, Dirk. And I'm glad. I'm grateful for your time as always. And I hope that people will enjoy this episode. Perhaps they're lying on a beach somewhere or still people are working. Maybe this is on their commute to work. But anywhere, Dirk, anyway, Dirk, that's the final thought of this episode. We used all of our time right now. So everyone, this has been the Gemoir International Podcast. And Dirk and I are looking forward to being with you again in two weeks from now. Take care.